So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us. It's Tom Ferry, and of course, it's This Week in Housing. Karen, that was really quick. Welcome to the show. So as always, we start a couple of minutes early to get everybody on the line. Boy, I'll tell you, we got some good news. So all my friends that are just jumping on here very quickly, uh, are you ready for some good news in terms of housing this week? Do you want to know the good news of what's going on right now in our country in terms of housing, in terms of real estate transactions. If you want the good news, I wanna see it in the comments. So we're starting early, it's 12.57 here in the West. And man, today is gonna to be a good news show. And I gotta say, David, as always, the slides are on point. It tells the story and it's gonna help our clients control the narrative, right? Because you know when you start talking about good news and housing in an environment like this, a lot of people, sadly or tragically, will turn to, no, but wait, don't you know the bad news, right? Let me tell you about the bad news. And as always, what KCM does so masterfully is they give us the good news or the bad news or the news data-driven. Data-driven because the numbers are the numbers are the numbers, right? Not the emotional story behind it, the numbers. So yes, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, please, we need more good news. Marco, you're going to love today's show. And, and look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, if we go back seven weeks ago when we started this, you know, it wasn't good news. We were talking about the realities of what was going on in housing as we always do. And, you know, our, our obligation is to make sure that you are the most informed agent you can be so you can in turn be the educator for your buyers and sellers to help them make the good choice. And we all know that sometimes the good choice is to not buy the house, right? To not sell their house. Or if it is to sell their house during COVID, how do you navigate that safely, securely, with great intelligence, with tremendous empathy, and a lot of resourcefulness? Because that's certainly what was required. So it's really about having the data and making good decisions, which is what you guys and gals are all about. So it's uh, 1259. We're just going to hang tight. Matter of fact, why don't we go ahead really fast? It looks like we got about, uh, about 300 of you on the line right now. Uh, so funny we say line, we're online, I should say. Um, I would love to know for you in your local marketplace, when a tasty listing comes on the market that's priced reasonably well, what happens? And I want to see it. Make sure you tell us what market you're in. So I'm going to be watching the screen, but I want to know when a great listing comes on the market, relatively well priced or priced perfectly, what happens in your market right now? So let's see those comments, my friends. Let us know. Give us a sense of what you're seeing in your market. So fire away with the comments. Wowzer. Yep, exactly. Yep. Sales and multiple offers. It sells in Chicago suburbs. Multiple offers in Alaska, even on a small island. Gotta love that, right? Sells in five to seven days with multiple offers in Silicon Valley. Don't you know in the high end properties aren't selling? I know I'm not being, I'm not being rude. I'm, I'm calling out some of the lies that people are talking about right now. 
So really good. Keep it coming. What happens? What happens? Wowzer, look at all these comments. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Temecula multiple offers for sure. Wait a minute. Even in Connecticut, ladies and gentlemen, didn't, didn't somebody tell you that Connecticut is the worst state in the union and no home sell there? You didn't hear that, that rumor that's been going around or, or, or clearly that's just not you, right? You're the kind of agent that says, oh no, I sell those properties. I serve my clients. I do the right marketing. I create the right experience and we get the job done. Good job. All right. So it's, uh, it's one o'clock in the West and uh, we're going to go ahead and officially jump in. But thank you guys so much for look at that sold in 12 hours, sells in three days. Um, so if you're just getting on the line or you're just watching this later, uh, I'm Tom Ferry, and several weeks ago, myself and my good friends, uh, David Childers and Steve Harney uh, from Keeping Current Matters, we decided that with, you know, with my reach, with, you know, with all the people that we know, wouldn't it be great if we said, hey, let's do a show called This Week in Housing, where we brought you the data and the news on what's going on in the marketplace, recognizing that our mindset our mindset right now has been shooken for a lot of people. Shooken, I think that's probably the wrong word, but you know what I mean, right? For some people, certainly, I, I wrote down, if you can remember the last three weeks of March and the first week of April, just kind of go there just for a second. Remember the last three weeks of March and the first week of April? I've had many people tell me that that four-week stretch felt like four years, that you know, it, we, hit, we hit a slowdown in our psychology, our buyers, our sellers, everybody was nervous. Remember when the banks were going completely crazy and nobody knew what was going to happen next. And we had to advise you to like, hey, call every escrow, call every lender and make sure you're asking, hey, is this thing approved and is it going to fund? And remember how important that advice was now going on four weeks ago. But, you know, something happened. Something happened. And even Tristan, who's, you know, with me socially six feet apart, having me produce this show, even we, we were watching and saying, man, those first, like those last three weeks were rough. It was tough. It was because there was so much uncertainty in the marketplace, which is why everybody plugged into this show once a week to, to kind of remove the drama, to remove the headline reading, to remove the, hey, I talked to this person and they said, or, hey, I have an uncle and he told me that the whole world's going to fall apart and therefore it is like these dare I say lies, and I'm going to clear that up in a minute, that's an acronym, that we bought into the lies and the drama. And with this show, we're trying to eliminate that with data, with facts, with quotes from the most successful, most intelligent people. And then, you know, these guys spend, you know, 80 hours a week times five of them deciphering all of the most important data points so they can deliver it to you guys and us and say, here's what you should be sharing with your customers. Control the narrative. Transactions are being done. We need to do them safely. We need to do them the right way, like we've discussed. And guess what? If you then look at like the last three weeks of April, what many of my clients, 7,000 of them around the world, and certainly for my US clients, they're saying April went by like this. And, and the number of people that have told me April was one of their most successful months on record was almost shocking. And I don't mean four or five. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people saying, you know what? You were right. In March, I started making more phone calls to check in on people to make sure that they were okay. And, and obviously doing the right thing is always doing the right thing. And we did those calls, but at a certain point, we had to say to ourselves, it's time to get back to business, right? 
I'm in the business of helping people buy and sell real estate. And even though we may have bought into the misconception or the lie that no transactions were being done, the moment we pulled up the MLS and look, we saw the transactions were happening every single day at the volume anybody would like, of course not, right? We all saw what NAR put out. Was anybody shocked by NAR's March indicator numbers? I think we all probably expected worse. But the reality is the moment you in your mind said transactions are being done, you start getting in the way. And that's what's happened. And now here we are on the first day of May. And I will tell you right now, my friends, May is the month of mindset. I've got some thoughts that I'm going to share, but you guys aren't here to listen to me. You're here to talk to the Oracle and David. Um, I've got some questions, but hang tight because I've got a challenge for all of us in the month of May around our mindset and the number of appointments we should book to ensure that 2020 is an extraordinary year for your clients because you help them buy and sell during this market. But before we do that... Let me introduce my, uh, my co-host in this. There's the Oracle. I see him there on the screen. Steve, happy Friday. Happy May. Steve, before we jump in, give us a quick, like, how are you doing? How's the family? How is life in the Harney world right now? Well, as most of you know, it, it's, uh, sheltering in place for me isn't that difficult because we have a pretty nice, what we call the family compound down at the lake. We have two separate houses there. My mother-in-law lives in the guest house along with, it's gigantic. The guest house is 2,100 square feet. So my niece and nephew, uh, no, my niece and her um, soon-to-be husband are also living on the upstairs of that. Uh, and Bill comes down, Bill and his wife and my grandson come down and visit me every other week. They're sheltering in place in Richmond, then they take the hour and a half drive down. So my life isn't that difficult, except for my sister-in-law asked my uh, wife the other day, how's Steve? And she goes, well, I passed him twice in the hallway in the last 30 days, and he seemed okay. So we're working pretty hard. We're, you know, we're trying to stay ahead of everything that your agents are asking us to stay ahead of. But I really can't complain. I mean, the last time, when I asked my great-grandfather, just like your great-grandfather, when they asked them to make sacrifice, they put a gun in their hand and parachuted him out of a plane over Europe. So I really can't complain what we have to do now. That's right. And I know the pressure's on you guys, but you did name the company Keeping Current Matters. <laughs> you might want to rethink that name change, but no, all, all kidding aside. And again, please don't take my levity right now as you're joining. This is a good news show. You're going to be very excited with what you're going to hear in the slides. And all it's going to do is just re-energize you to go do what you know, which is to go help more buyers and sellers right now. Um, so, so David... Um, obviously, welcome as always. And the good news is it sounds like we're not going to have any weather issues. So uh, I, think we're, I think we're good this week. That was a little weird. I was just thinking about that. We almost lost it uh, last week. But yeah, glad to be here. excited to talk about some of this good news and excited to share some of these visuals as well to be able to get, them, to get the word out there. So David, I think we should just go right into the slides okay. uh, and, and talk about like the obvious, which is, you know, I mentioned the last three weeks of April and really the last two weeks of April. We've mm -hmm. just seen this surge of transactions amongst our clients, sure. right? Buyers, buying, sellers. And look, like we mentioned, mid and low price points moving, but also higher end stuff that's selling price correctly, right? Great properties, turnkey, and some opportunity properties. We're seeing these transactions and not, just, not a few of them, lots of them that tells us, I think... I think everybody's ready to get back to work and get back to some right. level of normalcy, even if that means masks, booties, and gloves. Right, right. But Dave, you got the, you got the data, so talk to us about it. 
Absolutely. So, Tom, with that kind of as, a, as an introduction, we'll, we'll start where we, we started to talk about this last week of things that we're seeing happen in the market, uh, you know, starting to see this, this pick up and our team is watching that to say, okay, do we have enough data here to, to validate that? And, and so what I want to do is I'm going to kind of continue that uh, this week with some data that's been released. And I'm going to share my screen here uh, so that we can hop into that right away. So, um, if you can see that right there, it's the U.S. Uh, homeownership percent rates. This was released uh, this week by the census. So what we're looking at here is, is more good news and really showing the story of homeownership going all the way back to 1996. And, and I want to walk you through that where we have this upward trend as we went into uh, into the housing crash, and then we saw this fall off that we knew. And you know, a lot of people saying, "Is home is is owning a home what I want to do today?" And in this bottom out around you know 2015, and, and then this upward trend. And interestingly, in the percent of people that own a home in this country, we're starting to see a return to some kind of pre-crash levels of you know the end of the 90s. And, and so you know you know really good momentum there. And, and our team did you know, some research behind this. And, and we found, I want to hop into a quote from the National Association of Home Builders and really kind of explore what's driving that and talk about some trends. So this, this quote right here says, the number of homeowners, and this is talking about this past quarter, the first quarter of this year, increased by 2.6 million, while the number of renter households decreased by 0.6 million. And indeed, the number of homeowner households has been climbing since the third quarter of 2015, while the number of renter households has been on a downward trend. And this implies that the transition from renting to owning has been a powerful driver of the net increase in households. So let's talk about that. We're seeing this trend in people wanting to buy and not rent. And we're seeing this you know, this happened, and this is a trend right now in our economy. And what I would draw you back to is remember, we're dealing with an external health crisis and expect this trend to continue, to continue on, you know, as we come back online, Tom, you talked about a new normal and, you know, booties and gloves and masks and things that we're doing to be able to get back to work, certainly under the, you know, the guide and, and the regulations and things that are set forth where you live. But, but that trend should continue. Also this week, our, our team found uh, an interview from Goldman Sachs from Terry Haggerty. Now this is, Terry runs the div building division and consulting division, building products consulting division for Goldman Sachs. So this is somebody in our business. And he's saying this, in 2008, you saw a large number of Americans who thought that maybe borrowing a bunch of money and buying a house is not the best investment. And then he closes and he says, I think you may see the opposite effect of this this time around. And so when we take that, we take homeownership growing. We see this, uh, this growth coming from renters. And then we take that idea, we, you know, we know we came out of the crash with a lot of people saying, well, millennials aren't going to want to buy. And we, we've certainly seen that not be true and them, them starting to buy, but them transitioning from renting to owning and really being motivated to him saying, I think you may see the opposite effect this time around. And I wanna kind of go to two things that that's really being driven by 
in, in kind of communicate this hopefully simply and effectively. And the first is the rising cost of rents across this country. This graph represents the median asking price for rents. And you can see that is on an upward trend, uh, almost astonishingly so since 1988 where, where we have it here. And so as rents are increasing, what does a renter not get? They don't get the benefit of refinance. They don't get the benefit of a tax advantage of owning. They don't get the pride of ownership. So all of these reasons that renters are going, you know what, we wanna buy. The second thing this is being driven by, and this is critically important right now, is the money that they're able to save given the current interest rate environment. We did this simple graph right here comparing December the end of last year to today to show in this case a $200,000 mortgage and what you would save almost $31,000 uh, over 30 years. We also did that, that calculation to give you and remember we're going to give you all these slides uh, at a $400,000 mortgage in saving almost 60 or a little over $63,000. And, and you can take these and, and make your own, but getting that message out about people that are renting are, are moving to buying. We're seeing that in the data coming true and then being able to say, look, now is the time. Now is the time based on the affordability uh, you know, that we're given via the, low, the gift of low interest rates. Um, we're gonna include in this deck here, and, and I'll, I'll pause in just a second, Tom. Uh, this link right here to go in, you can, you can build your own uh, analysis and your own slide for that, for the market that you're in. As always, we created that site there, mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry, uh, you know, so that you can go grab all these slides. I believe they're live there right now. Our team has worked hard today to compile all of these and then put them on that site. But, but Tom, certainly as we see that, we're seeing this trending in, in this growth in home ownership that we need to be out there talking about. So David, I want to interrupt just for a second and just remind everybody last week, uh, I was asked the question 50 times, Tom, what is the single most important marketing initiative I should do right now? And I said, you should be announcing using Zoom, first time buyer seminars in your marketplace done through Zoom where you literally type, hey, they must register to be on this. Unlike what we're doing here on Facebook, where it's just kind of anything goes, they register and you heard me tell the stories. And if you didn't, you, you can go back and look at last week's show where I gave you the steps. What we're seeing now, David, and even with these slides, even more so than last week, we have agents that have never done it before that are suddenly saying, hey, I just did it. I had 18 people on there. Hey, I just did it. I had 36 people on there. Hey, I just did it. I had six people on there. And I would remind you, all of us, the statement I made last week, that done is always better than perfect. That in this environment, simply getting it done with the right heart and the right intention to help people, to educate people so they understand what's going on, that's the right move. And what David is giving you right now is like, this is the presentation. Here's what's going on. Here's the rents. Here's the money you're going to save. Like, what else do you need to know? Oh, that's right. Let me find you a house. But David, we know that's another issue that we'll be discussing before the end of the show, the crisis right. that we are experiencing. But David, keep going, please. You no, know, I, I think you're, you're right there, Tom, that that idea um, in, in, you know, we're seeing this trending, we're seeing these things happen. You talked about Dave last week. We've, we've been talking about that story this week of, hey, I'm going to hold a Zoom call 
I'm going to talk about a property, or I'm going to talk about a concept, and I'm going to invite people in. You know, we've even, in, in some of the stuff we've, we've built, of saying, hey, let's gather everybody together that's thinking about selling, that we know that's thinking about buying, that yep. we've maybe done a CMA for. And we can bring them together and present this information. And that's our goal is to give you this so that you can have those visuals to talk through them and show people. Because, you, you know, you said something earlier, Tom, as, as you started you said, well, you know, we hear from everybody that I, I heard from so-and-so. I had a, a call early this morning from an agent in San Diego. His name was Matt. He sent me a, a, a YouTube channel of somebody really, for lack of a better word, calling for the world to end. And, and you know, we went through that and we talked through it and we talked through each one of the points and how the, you know, where can you find the, the data to refute those points? But here's, I'm jokingly saying this, here's the good news this individual did have a product to sell us, to protect us through the world crash. Right, exactly. And, and so using this data to bring that into factual conversations, present it in Zoom, present it in whatever way that you're, you know, you're able to, is the difference maker today. And, and, and the second thing I'll say before I, I pause here, Tom, talking to agents across the country, there's, there's two categories. Those that are out there doing it right now and those that are maybe saying, I'll wait till this is over. In, in doing that, it's not going to be possible, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. So, so I think it's important, David, and I'm actually, I'm going to bounce to Steve right now. So, uh, you know, the Oracle, there is still like, I made the mistake, Steve, of a couple of days ago, turning on the news and just for fun, I, I went through MSNBC, CNN and Fox and, you know, like a little Fox business, right? In fairness. And, and here's what I was told. The world is over. Everyone has lost their job. Run for the hills. We're never going to open up. You're going to die. And it only took four or five minutes. And I just flipped between the three. And then I very quickly turned it off and went outside for a nice walk and reminded myself that, you know what? We are some of the most resilient human beings on the planet. We're going to get through this. But that's me being emotional. Can you give us some logic? Okay. So leave it with me first, uh, David, please. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it, but matter of fact, let's go to the first slide. We're going to update this slide every week for you so that you see what the, the latest is. And this is the slide of projections of what's going to take place through the rest of 2020 in GDP. The big update this week is the fact that the red bar all the way to the left, the 4.8%, that's an actual number. The GDP number came out. Uh, the estimated number came out at the beginning of uh, the end of April. And we put that in there. So that's no longer a guess. That's the actual number. The others are the projections going forward. And what we still see, and there's everyone is saying the same thing, and we'll talk about how they're saying it in a second, is that the second quarter is going to be really rough. We're on a downward slide. We can look at the unemployment numbers to see that. We told everyone on this call, when did we start, Tom? Six weeks ago? Yeah. That we're in for a, a rough ride down, buckle in, keep your arms inside the car, and if you have a helmet, put it on. We were telling you that. This is not news to anyone on this call. No. Right? And then in the second half, we were going to make a comeback. Now, I will tell you that there are definitely, without a question, some economists, and understand, and we went over some of these slides last week, but I want to review them because the, the commentary is getting hot and heavy. They don't know what to call this. There's 18,650 economists in this country. 18,650. And there are at least 19,000 opinions. 
because I've watched interviews and I try to watch every single one of them where economists change their definition of what is happening during the interview. They change the term for it. So there's a lot of confusion and we're getting all sorts of different names that are coming out right now. We're getting a check mark, we're getting a tick, we're getting a W, we're getting a flying W, we're getting a V, we're getting a Nike swoosh, we're getting a U. Now, the one that mostly is a hearing is U. Let me tell you why technically it can't be a U. Because if you look up the definition of a U recovery, it requires a slow, gradual decline into the bottom. That didn't happen here. That eliminates the U whole conversation. Every other thing that you see there, this is what they're saying. It's going to go down, but we're not sure when it's going to come up. It's going to go down, and if we have another thing happening in the fall, like a, a rebirth of the virus somewhat, it might bounce and then come back up again. Everyone's saying the same thing. They're just calling it different things. Of course, it's not going to be that sharp V down and straight up. It might not happen in the third and fourth quarter. It might happen in the first quarter of next year. Now, as we go through that, there's nothing wrong with the economists and whether on CNBC or Fox News saying, listen, we want to let everyone know that it might take some time to get this done. And the reason they can't be real direct, as we told you last week, because they're out of their element right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're used to the business science. Let's take a look at other past uh, economic downturns and how they rebounded. Right now, they have to think about the health science. They have to think about the social science. When things are better, how quickly will people come back? Again, we just covered this last week, but I want you to remind you that if you're talking about a strong recovery in the second half and people are saying, well, you can't be 100% sure, say, you're right. Let me explain to you why no one can be 100% sure. All right, because there are different things. But if we look at the number two, let's take a real strong look at that. We're in a situation now that they are making announcements, and I'm talking about Dr. Fossey is making announcements, that you know what? We might have a legitimate treatment for this. And yesterday he came out and he got questioned hard on it. He said, I think we're going to have a vaccine by January. And the person said to him again, you know how your reporters could be, they want to think about the negative. How could we have a, a vaccine by January? You told us it was going to take at least a year to have one. And he looked right in the camera and he said, yeah, I told you that last January when you first interviewed me. Guess what? A year from last January is next January, what I'm saying now. So he was very strong in that. It, once there's even uh, the, the feeling that, yes, we're going to have a vaccine, that changes the whole dynamic again, moves the schedule closer. We'll come back even faster. But a lot of people are saying, well, it might take us three years or five years to get a vaccine. One of those people was Bill Gates. Bill Gates turned around and said, hey, listen, it's usually going to take two or three years. He was on CNN last night, and I listened just because he was on. He goes, I'm shocked. It looks like we're going to have one in the first quarter next year. So some of those guys that are making projection based on what the science was and that misunderstanding of the science are now saying, well, wait a minute. This might be better than we thought. So if you don't want to use the term V, because when they watch your clients watch TV, they might hear 17 different terms, then don't use the term V. But know in your heart, this is what we're saying. It's going to go down hard this, this quarter. And we still got two months left of this quarter. 
GDP is going to fall rapidly. We're going to get some crazy news. The unemployment rate when it comes out on May 8th is going to be staggering. But then we're going to come back strong in the second half of the year. And understand, too, that there's science behind me saying that. All right? Zillow. And we went over this last week. John Burns Consulting and Harvard Business Review. They each did individual studies saying that after a pandemic or epidemic, there is usually almost every single time of recovery. So if people are talking about the science of it, the science backs up the forecast of the major financial institutions. Now, the only thing I'll say and leave that here right now, I'm going to give you a quote that I heard yesterday. It was really good. Extraordinary claims should require extraordinary evidence to be believed. So people are going to question you. You have extraordinary evidence. You have the four major financial institutions in the world handling trillions of dollars of money saying it's going to be come down and go back up in the second half. You don't want to call it a V, don't call it a V. It's just going to go down in the second quarter and come back in the second half. You have scientific studies saying that in past pandemics, it went down hard and came right back. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you got to do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I want to be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Now, I'll ask you that instead of just being victim to that statement, extraordinary claims should require extraordinary evidence to be believed, we gave you the evidence, hold whoever's questioning you to that same standard. What, are their extra, what is their extraordinary evidence through their claims? And you don't have to say it obnoxiously like I am right now. You could do it the way David would say it. David would say, I understand your point. And I understand exactly what you're thinking on that. And you're making me think. But just out of curiosity, what are the studies or, or the research or the scientific data behind what you're feeling right now? You know what happens when I get that? People go away. They don't even come back to argue with me anymore. Because it's the fear that's generating what they're saying. Now, the only thing that we really have to worry about, and go to the next slide, David. The only thing we have to worry about, it's not going to be an L. And L means that it's going to go down like in 2008, like in 1929, it's going to go down, hit the bottom and just lay there for years upon years upon years. No one on CNBC, Fox News, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC, nobody is saying that's going to happen. If we have a vaccine in the first quarter of next year, We'll be back to normal by the middle of next year. But even before that, there's a move back coming. So we have to be comfortable. Again, if you don't like using the word V, then don't use the word V. But understand that just two days ago, the chief economist at Freddie Mac said this. Two days ago, although the uncertainty of the crisis means forecasts of economic activity are more unclear than usual, what we've been saying, Things are a little bit different and people are not sure how to put it together. We expect that most of the economic damage from the virus will be contained to the first half of the year. Going forward, we should see a recovery starting in the second half of 2020. That was said two days ago by the chief economist at Freddie Mac. 
So we're not crazy in what we're, we're saying. We're giving you evidence to that. And CNBC turned around talking more directly to us. Evidence is mounting that home buyers may be coming back to the market after demand plummeted in the past month due to the coronavirus. And there's evidence that. Here's showing times graph. We started off the year like gangbusters compared to the year before, up until March 3rd. Then the amount of showings, and this is what this reflects, dropped like a rock. People were making claims then on CNBC. In fact, the real estate industry is dead for a year. That's it. It's over. Everyone's in the house. No one's going to let somebody in the house. Nobody's going to go look for a house. None, none of this is going to happen. And it took us a month to get our feet underneath us. Now, part of the reason five weeks or six weeks ago, however many weeks ago it was, when Tom invited David and I to come on here, I said, David, we have to do Tom's thing. Tom has the strongest group of realtors in the country all together in one place. The best of the best, the special forces of our armed services. If we can get them believing what we're saying, if we can get them to say what's taking place in the market, the actualness is what's okay, they will turn this thing around. They have that power. Tom will teach them how to do it. And we'll teach them, you know, what they can share while they're doing it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is proof we've accomplished our goal. Like I said last week, well, I gave you an impossible mission and you still got it done. So I know we can't hear the cheers and the clapping, but you should all individually in your house, let your family think you're crazy by clapping right now and screaming at the top of your lungs. Because we did turn the panic around. We still have a lot of work to do, but we're okay. Bring it live to me, David, for a second. Steven, I'm seeing, by the way, because I'm on, I'm watching over here on my laptop, Facebook, and you're getting like 8 million hearts and likes and thumbs and yes. And right, like this. Okay, let's knows. get some of that clapping. So you know that, that clapping icon, that emoji, let's get the clapping emoji in there too. I All love right. it. It's coming. All right. Now, listen, everyone stop what you're doing and look at the screen for a second because I'm gonna give you an example of how people can get crazed about this. I did a session for a, a upper end company, a luxury company yesterday. And some of their agents reached out to us. And what their concern was, well, we don't know if the economy is gonna come back because look at the restaurant industry, it's now dead. It will never be the way it was. And I'm saying, really? Did you believe the people that said real estate was gonna be dead a month ago? Did you believe them? Then why are you believing them now? Let's take a look at the restaurant industry real quickly as an example of how people can over-exaggerate. The restaurant is industry isn't dead. You know why it's not dead? Because they have their Tom Ferries. They have their David Childers. They have really smart people, innovative people, people that, uh, people that are full of ingenuity. They're figuring this out. Let me give you an example. Well, if it's 25%, then they're never gonna be able to fill their restaurants up. Hey, you know what? Just like the government let us go ahead and sell the house without the inspector getting in, or the banks did. And the government said, hey, listen, we don't need wet signatures. We can do a lot of stuff online, even though we used to not be able to do it. Just in the two places I live, let me give you examples. At the lake, there's a little restaurant that has a little place that you go and eat and can fit X amount of people. They're, they're going to have to social distance and they're going to have less tables. But you know what? That restaurant also has picnic tables all around their acre property. The local government has told them they don't want them serving at those tables for whatever reason. 
Guess what the local government is now saying? Hey, you know what? You can go ahead and fill those tables. For the next year, go ahead and do it. Well, now they're going to have more tables, not less tables. In the wintertime, I spend my time in, in, in uh, South Beach, you might know. I live in Ocean Drive. I live in the ocean and Ocean Drive. During the Super Bowl just recently, they closed Ocean Drive from, from Fifth Avenue up to about 12th Avenue with the restaurant strip. They closed it and let all the restaurants put tables out in the street because there's no longer cars. Because there were so many people there. Guess what the city of Miami is thinking about doing now? The same thing. Let's let them extend their tables into the street so they can serve all those customers. So the government's going to get involved, just like they did with us. The government's going to get involved helping them out. And then people are going to be able to adjust, less like our buyers adjusted. Well, you got to wear a mask and you got to put these gloves on. You also can't get in the house. You know what they said? I want to buy the house. Give me the mask. Give me the gloves. Same thing here. We're so used to, you know, you can get a dinner appointment at five, six, seven o'clock, three months ago. But once you got into eight, nine o'clock, well, then they're booked. You can't make a reservation. Well, you know what's going to happen now? More people are going to go to dinner at five o'clock because the tables were empty anyway. More people are going to go to dinner at six o'clock and seven o'clock. And some restaurants are going to stay open until midnight so that they can now serve dinners from 10 o'clock on. So they're going to serve the same amount of dinners. Their rent's not going to go up. Their electric it barely is going to go up. And those, the servants are going to have to work a little harder, some extra hours, but they're going to make the same amount of money. And my guess is the 80% of Americans that still have their job and just continue to have their job are going to tip a little higher because they respect the fact that these people are working a little harder. So let's get away from this thinking that these other industries are not, are not innovative. There are going to be some restaurateurs that don't go with the flow. I get it. But most restaurants right now are already planning. Look up the same way you're on here with Tom. Just go to the, the, the industry uh, pages for the restaurant industry. You know, the Association of Realtors pages type for the restaurant industry. They know the best of restaurants are now having takeout service curbside drop-off. That business is growing. There are two restaurants in Manhattan. They sh their restaurants were shut down. They opened it up to just drop-off service, you know, pick up at the, the curb service and delivery service. Two restaurants are thinking never to open back up because that is so profitable for them. Now, they don't have waiters there or servers there, but the guys that were service are delivering the food. Guess what? They're still employed. So understand that the same way it took us a little bit of time, it took us a hiccup, it took us a, you know, a couple of weeks, and some agents who are not listening to Tom are still confused by what to do next. But there's going to be innovation in every industry. And those industries are going to come back strong. And don't, please don't forget, this is America. We're going to help each other out. That's what we do here. So... All those doomsayers that are saying, well, there's, well, look at the restaurant industry. It's going to die. No, it's not. You're a moron. Shut up. Steve, you really need to do the hair. <laughs> Tom put out a thing for anyone who doesn't know, said you should do a video no matter what your hair looks like. So I came on today like this. <laughs> Can we get some more, ladies and gentlemen, on this hairdo? All right. But that's actually all my hair. <laughs> But the reason that I was willing to do that is Tom's right. Listen to him. 
we got to get videos out there right now. We got to get Zoom meetings out there. We got to get everything. And I love the work you're doing. I see it. It's absolutely unbelievably yep. good stuff. Yes. You have the content now. Run with the content. Have those meetings. The only thing is, as David's going to say, I'm going to say let's make a little bit of a, a, a pivot. I like that word. A little bit of a pivot from just trying to control the panic. Because that panic, we've already kind of done a pretty good job of that. We still have to work on it, but we've done a pretty good job. But there might be other things that we could concentrate on more that will help us more right now. I'll give it back to you, Tom. Sorry for getting on the bandwagon. No, Steve, I love it. And and by the way, my friends, David's got some insane slides that are coming up next. But I want to I want to just pause for a minute, and and I want to I want to put my my coach hat on. So I'm I'm watching the comments, right? And and. 90% of the comments are positive, positive. I love it. You're right. Okay. I know I got to do it, but I'm not, I love you. I'm not looking for you. I'm looking for the, the people that are concerned, right? Because like, if you're fired up, yes. Right. But I need, I need those people that furloughed themselves mentally that took an unpaid vacation as a real estate professional to get back. So for yep. a couple of you that I saw ready, I wrote down, here's an assignment for everybody. And every one of you should do this. So listen up, like whether you're my coaching client or just a friend on Facebook, listen to me. You need to write down this question. What are the three to five biggest concerns buyers or sellers actually have that I'm hearing? Not the ones you're making up in your mind. Let's be clear. The ones you've actually heard. What are the three to five questions? Like, you know, home prices are going to plummet. Now, even though we've covered that 15 ways to Sunday, I think it's important that you acknowledge that this is the question either you're concerned about or they're concerned about, and you've heard it, or the people that say, I only want to buy if I can get the COVID-19 deal. Our seller's actually doing that in my marketplace. I want you to be clear. There's questions that you could discover like, hey, these are their fears. Now, what are the answers? but don't give them some mumbo jumbo emotional response. The answer is the data and the facts. And if you went today and said, the three biggest questions people have is, how's the market, are home prices plummeting? I would literally go, hey guys, I'm on Facebook. I wanna share with you a question that I got 16 times last week. Are home prices plummeting here in Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, I went through and I did some research and guess what? We've had 800 and I just, you know, you go through the closed, the pending, right? Et cetera. And you say, and here's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing price appreciation up by 2%. So I know the fear is it's 2008 over and over again, but my friends, we're in a health crisis, not a housing crisis. So I just wanted to share the data and the facts. I'm not saying it's good news or bad news. It's just what's in the MLS and what we're seeing every single day. Just wanted to share. And then I would do that on every single one of the questions, right? Every seller's question of like, how do I sell my house? I don't want people inside it. Hey, it's Tom Ferry with Banana Real Estate. I want to share with you, uh, I was in a Zoom session with a bunch of my office mates the other day, and we were talking about selling homes without buyers ever entering the property. And guess what? Of the 80 people in my company, 29 of us have done that just in the last week. Let me explain how we did it. Right. So if you're thinking about selling and you're concerned about people coming into your house and not no safety precaution, let me explain. Bing, 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 bing. As always, now and forever, whoever speaks directly to the concerns of the customer and can articulate a strategy or a solution that is data driven, that's who wins. But by the way, that was winning before COVID. Yeah. That has 
always been winning. What we do, like we solve problems. We help people identify what their fears and worries are and we help them overcome it. That's what we do. So it really comes down to this, guys. It's mindset, right? And mindset is the belief that you have about what you're capable of and do you deserve the success? I think some of you that are giving me those comments or you know, sending me private messages and saying, but Tom, don't you understand? That's your mindset. What do you will, believe you're Tom, capable of? Tom, this is what I'll say through that. Uh, I know that some concerns, I know some concerns out there. Mm -hmm. Please, next Friday, if you want, we'll do the whole session. Everyone come up with the, the challenges that they're getting yeah. that they Beautiful. don't know how to answer. You get those questions to Tom. Tom, get them to us by Wednesday. And I um, promise you that we will have every single one of those questions answered to the best of our ability. On slides? On slides for us? I'll have slides. I'll do the data. I will do, I, I was an agent for eight years. I was a top agent in my county for the last seven of those eight years. I understand what it means to sit at a kitchen table and go through that. I will have exactly the answers I'd be giving a customer of mine that asked me that same question. Okay. I'm going to ask all, I got, I'm going to ask like literally 10,000 people that we're talking to on pivot and coaching clients for what they are. We'll get a poll on that, which by the way, I'm going to give you one more assignment. And then David, I'm turning it over to you because there is a problem we have to solve, but I'm setting them up for it. The other assignment I would ask you to write down is this. I want you to write down what are the five, seven, 10 things that I'm doing right now with safety top of mind to sell a house today? What are the five, seven, 10 things you're doing right now to sell houses today? If you want to immediately shift your mindset away from the lies that you're telling yourself that you can't sell a house is to acknowledge like, wait a minute. Okay, well, what are the five, seven things I do? Well, let's see. I market it online. I do a video. We we can or we can't do showings. If we can't do showings, the seller helps out by going on Zoom on their phone. You start listing it out. And you know what happens, my friends? You, you, I got this thing behind me. And here's what it says, David. Ready? It says, if I must doubt something, I should doubt my limits. <laughs> if you must doubt something, my friends, doubt your limits. I'm watching men and women do such extraordinary things, which is just ordinary with adding the extra to it because they're saying to themselves, wait a minute, it's all a story. Can I help? How do I help? What's the data? What's the facts? And what happens is with that, your level of confidence goes through the roof and all you want to do is go help people. Yeah. The reason why a lot of agents around the world furloughed themselves is no one said to them, write down how you do it. Write down what are the three to five problems that people have and what are the data and the facts to answer it. The second you do that, you become the solution. Yep. You become the solution. And then all that noise, it's just noise, right? It's not being insensitive. It's, we're still going to have tremendous empathy. But what David's going to tell you right now, we have a problem right now in our country. And it is a big problem. And it's a problem we have faced before and we have struggled to overcome. So David, what's the problem? Talk to us. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, I would frame the conversation this way, how we started this year. And we started this year in our business knowing that inventory was going to be a challenge. We knew that we needed more homes on the market. So I want to bring in some current data in here with just a few slides to really kind of bring that story to life for you. So I'll share here again. 
Hey, David, really fast. Everybody right now, I want to see in the comments, in the mid to low price range of your market, do you have an abundance of inventory or is the inventory tight? Will you please tell us what's going on in your market right now? Do you have in the mid to low price points, do you have an abundance of inventory or is it very few homes on the market? Please, I want to see it in the comments. Perfect. Perfect. So, so I've got this quote up here from the Z report. Um, this was released today and it says, we note that inventory as a percent of households sits at the lowest level ever. So we started this year with, with an inventory challenge. We know we came into th this crisis across the country with about three months of inventory. We know that since then sellers have taken homes off the market and so this is the issue. This is the, you know, the point of, of what we need to be in the market talking about right now and, and, and you know, shooting videos on, delivering the message of, we need your home. We, we, we need you to list your home. If you've been thinking about selling, uh, the buyers are out there. NAR released uh, the March Buyer Traffic Index. And I'm going to show you that real quick. It's a great way to show what's happening in the market. Right. And so in this, the, the, the navyish color, the dark color represents strong buyer traffic. The, uh, the lighter blue is stable traffic and gray is weak. And I'll, I'll give you a hint there, you don't see any gray. And this is March buyer traffic in the market right now. And so when we look across there, we, we can say, okay, buyers are out there. And, and certainly with the stuff that we've talked about over the last few weeks with showings, with viewings, with, with things that are happening online, we can see buyers are out there. People are looking at homes. People are scheduling appointments to see homes. Let's go back and look real quick. It, I want to start with February, and then I want to go into March, seller traffic. So when we start here in February, again, the dark uh, blue is strong. The, the lighter blue is, is stable and gray is weak. A lot of weak traffic. You know, the, the market's starting to, to, to happen in February. And here's what happened in March. It fell off the map. You see gray all across uh, the country. Seller traffic just dove. And so really communicating that message, changing that narrative to now is the time to list your home if you've been thinking about selling it. And Tom, you know, you know these graphs, all of this that we're doing to communicate that point um, are available to people. We're going to give them to people, but you've been hitting that hard this week. And I've seen everything uh, that, that, that you've produced and, and Bill Pipes has done on, on virtual listing presentations and getting out in the market. This is the information to get out there with as we talk about that and just talk about the need for more listings. And David, I, so I can imagine a world right now where somebody would put this up and then you know what they would say? And what do you think happened in the month of April? Yeah. Right? Here's February. Here's March. What do you think? I mean, everyone watching right now, you, you just picked up 10 listings with three slides. You just picked up 10 listings with three slides if you just get the word out. Now, I'm going to give them an assignment, David. I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth, and you got more slides, which is important. But I want everybody I, I, to write I, this I'm down. good now. That's, that's the last slide. All right, perfect. Well, then you're going you're gonna to have some comments on this. So I want everybody to write this down. You ready? Everybody write in your notes that May is the new March. Mm. May is the new March. And you know what? Though we're not going to get March madness, that's not going to happen. 
we are going to have May Madness. So listen to me, people. Here's what I'm talking about. May is the month where you suspend your disbelief. You suspend your lies. And it's funny, I'm getting people texting me saying, you call me a liar fairy? Let me explain. Lie is an acronym for limited ideas entertained. Limited ideas entertained. What is the lie you've been telling yourself about how many appointments you could book? What is the lie you've been telling yourself about the market? What is the limited idea you've been entertaining and making true and real, right? I'm challenging you right now, my friends, and, and Steve and David, I want you guys to back me up on this. I want you, look, it's the first month of May. It's Friday. You're maybe going to get this weekend off, and if you are, good for you. Embrace this time with your family, right? Embrace it. But starting next week, right? I think uh, May the 4th be with you is Monday and Cinco de Mayo is Wednesday. You know what we're doing, fellas? We're going to have 7,000, maybe 10,000 of our clients do an all-day mad woman, mad man appointment setting challenge. And here's the goal. I've asked every one of them to think like Roger Bannister. Now, you all know the story of Roger Bannister. Interestingly enough, March 23rd, 1929, for a couple of years prior, there was many people out there who were like, I can do it. I can break the four minute mile. And do you know that the lie that was consistently told by the smartest people on the planet, the human body is not designed to run that fast. They even, one doctor said, if you even dared to run that fast and you got there, your heart would explode and you would die. I'd like you to consider there are some lies, some limited ideas you've entertained about your personal performance, about your ability to do something extraordinary. This is not an environment to be thinking linear. I'm used to booking one appointment a week. How do I get to two? How do I get to three? No, this is the environment where you need to say to yourself, if I'm gonna doubt something, doubt my limits, because most agents aren't doing what you and I are discussing right now. Most agents are playing small, they're in hiding, they've taken an unpaid vacation, while the rest of us understand homeownership matters, I've got the skills, I know how to navigate this, and the only way to solve it is to book a personal best buyer and seller appointments for this month. I challenge, I, I double dare you, I double, double, triple dare you to say to yourself, I'm gonna go for 10 appointments this month, 30 appointments this month. My personal client, Tim Smith, 40 listing appointments is his bet for the month of May. 40 listing appointments, his average sales price is $4 million, people. Oh. You know what he said to me? People want to sell. So here's your challenge. You ready? Write this in your notes. I want you to do a text, Facebook, and Instagram survey. Now, you know, on Instagram, you can do it in your stories. On Facebook, you can do a poll. Now, listen carefully. Here's the question. I'm doing research specifically around the impact of housing when it comes to COVID. I'm doing some research specifically on housing, like our homes, as it comes to COVID, right? I'm curious, are you living in your ideal home now? Are you living in your ideal home now? Now you can replace ideal with dream home, right? But I think, you know, for the sake of a survey, are you living in your ideal home now? Now, guess what's going to happen if you text 500 people in your database that question? Nope, 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 nope. Now, I know the salesperson in you is going to say, awesome, I'm going to attack and say, okay, we should sell. If you do that, 
then you're the way I describe it, like that 18 year old guy who meets a girl for the first time and you're all excited and you, you kind of, oh, sex, right? Slow down people, right? If you ask that question and you're doing research, what you want to be able to say is, I surveyed 500 people via text. I then went on Facebook and asked the question in a poll. Then I went on Instagram and said, are you living in your ideal home now? Yes or no. And guess what? 82% of the people I talked to said no. And rather than trying to convert them into an immediate listing appointment, why don't you instead say, what are five things you could do to your existing home to make it better? What are three things you could do to your backyard? Here's seven things to make your home better. Here's, here's five easy things you can do for under $1,000. Now, if you understand what I'm doing here, instead of saying, okay, great, sell with me, I'm saying, no, love on your house, just make it better. Love on your house and make it better. Now, guess what happens when you do this? I've done this before with clients and every time, here's what happens. Now, we, now we thought about doing that, but you know, we just need more space. Or you know what, we've discovered that we really wanna be in this school district versus that school district. Or, hey, you know what, this is what's going on in our life. And it may sound silly and simple, but let me remind you, done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. If not this, your seller seminar, if not this, making more phone calls, if not this, do something. But what I know is more of the same is only gonna get you more of the same people. More of the same is only gonna get you more of the same. If you want true quantum leaps in your performance, Roger Bannister, you know what he did? He basically said, I need to unlearn how to run and then relearn how to run. And part of his strategy was two things, the kick, right? How he was able to leap off the line. And secondly, getting his knees up higher. And guess what? He breaks the four minute mile. And then what happens within weeks? Everybody starts to break it. Now today we see these Olympic athletes that run like gazelles with their knees up high and that same exact kick. But this guy figured out 1929 on March 23rd when everybody else told him it couldn't be done. If you're gonna doubt something, doubt your beliefs and go for May madness instead of personal best on appointments. David, closing thoughts, and then Steve, closing thoughts, and we'll let him get to work. Yeah, I, I, Tom, I mean, you said it well. I, I would go back over what, what we talked about in setting appointments. We know renters want to be homeowners. We've got the data. We've got, we're seeing this trend. Yep. That trend will continue. We want to get that out in the market. And then we've got these maps to show that sellers are in the market, depending on where you, where you live, and sharing that you know, that, that local data, this is what's happening right now to show people things are happening because if we don't tell them, they think, you know what, everybody's in their home, nothing is happening. And that's our right. job today. That's right. Steve? Same thing you've been saying, Tom. The only thing I would suggest very, very strongly is you get start to pivot your videos, start to pivot your Zoom meetings toward the seller. Right. Yep. What we were doing is we were trying to take as much of the panic out of the market as we could. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll again, thank you so very much for doing such a great job of that. I'll say for the third time, I gave you an impossible task and you accomplished it. But now what? Now that we have the panic out and the buyers are coming back and they're setting appointments and they're going on the stuff, now all of a sudden the seller's going, maybe I can sell my house. Let's get in front of those people because here's the other thing. Eventually, the rest of the agents are going to catch up. Yep. One of the things that always bothered me being in the real estate business is I really thought that every seller should have the best agent in the marketplace. That's the best chance they have of getting the type of deal that they really wanted. They wanted one of the best agents in the marketplace. That's who you are. Let's not wait for the competition to catch us on this issue. Thomas kept you in front of it. 
We've tried our best. David has done a phenomenal job of keeping you in front of the data, the stats, and giving it to you in simple and effective ways to explain to your clients. Let that lead that you have. I want you to think about a race car driver. We were driving on that straightaway at 90 miles an hour to 120 miles an hour, you know, earlier this year. And then a wall. We saw the wall on the turn. Most agents hit their brake. They came to a screeching halt. The agents here listening right now realize I'm going to downshift, take my foot off the gas for a little bit, but I'm going to continue to move forward. And then when you got to that second part, that middle part of the curve, great race car drivers know that's where they win the race. Because all of a sudden they accelerate dramatically. They put their, their foot right down on that gas. That's where we are right now. Put your foot down on the gas hard right now. You'll gain such a lead over your competition in the second half of this turn. Remember, they're still getting their car going again on the first half of the turn. That when you hit the next straightaway, when things do settle out a little bit more, you're going to have such a, a big lead on them. Not only are they not going to be able to catch you, they're not even going to be able to see you. But that's going to be determined on how hard you press the, the gas pedal right now. 100% Steve. All right. Hey, David, show them where they get the slides again. I know our teams have been, you know, throwing up the link, but do you have that slide real fast? Cause I'm yeah, getting, yeah. where are the slides? Oh my God. I mean, these, Hey guys, the story of the slides, this right here is where it's worth its weight in gold. So you just go to mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry, mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry, download these slides, do what my clients are doing. They're putting it in their emails. They're reposting them on social. They're using them in their videos. Continue to be the educator. And as both these guys are saying, put your foot on the gas. Happy May. We'll see you next Friday with all those questions being answered. That was a great idea, Steve. That puts pressure on you guys, but I love it, right? We're going to do that for you. And do me a favor, share this with a couple of people that need it, right? There's a lot of agents out there. We need them back. Share it with your buddies. Let's get them back because we can't do it alone. We got to get everybody refocused on listing and selling property. So share, share, share. That would mean the world to us. All right, my friends, have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you, uh, see you next Friday. Or if you're with Pivot, I will see you on May 4th. Be with you. All right, guys, we're out. Thanks so much. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.